Look at Hebrews chapter 6. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 6. Last Sunday I woke up and I had a word in my heart. And usually when, when preachers get a word, it's for the church, they think. And a lot of times I think the Spirit of God is speaking just to the preacher. Amen. But in this case, that's why I didn't give it to you last week, because I wanted to think about it. And I did determine it was for me. But it's also for you. It's for all of us. And, and it, it got me to looking. And usually when God gives me something, I don't have a problem. I mean, I've got all kinds of stuff to preach. But I'm going to speak from my heart today because I want it to... I want it to sink down deep in you. I want you to leave today. And what I'm about to tell you, I don't want to discourage you. I'm certainly not going to ask you to raise your hand to say, is this for you? Because I know for a certainty it's for everyone here, including the preacher. And the word was this. The word was sluggish. So I was, that's how I get up every day. Gunner, I'm sluggish. It takes me a while. I'm going to be 60 this year. Everybody tells me how good I look. Well, that's what makeup does. I mean, but sluggish was the word, and I knew right exactly it was from Hebrews chapter 6. So let's read it in verse 1. I'm going to read it to you. We'll get there. It's in verse 12. But in the, the heading of this chapter in my Bible is this heading, and it's, it's good. The peril of not progressing. The peril of not progressing. Therefore, he says, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or let us go on to what? What's your Bible say? Maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and the eternal judgment... And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repent, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put to him to an open shame. Now, that's not talking about backsliders. That's about apostates. Okay? So even if you're a backslider here, that didn't apply to you but you better listen because you don't want to become an apostate. Amen. You don't want to get to the point where you deny Christ altogether. But he says this, For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessings from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to be cursed, whose end is to be burned. Verse 9, But beloved... We are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. Now, I want you to know the Apostle Paul was a type A. And I'll tell you what, he could preach and teach, and, and uh, he was black and white. But in this case, he's trying to bring some correction, but he's doing it in a really nice way. Okay? Now listen, verse 10, it says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each of you show the same what? Diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish. Now that's New King James. 
There's some other words here that apply, but it says that you do not become sluggish. Now, in the margin of my Bible, it says, do you have, what's it say in your margin of your Bible? Lazy. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now I want you to, I'm going to tell you something. Being sluggish is not being lazy. So I don't believe that's correct. And I'll prove it to you if we look at the Greek. You can be sluggish. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do it this way. Let me read to you some different translations of verse 12. Then knowing what lies ahead, this living Bible, then knowing what lies ahead for you, you won't become bored with being a Christian, nor become spiritually dull and indifferent. But you will be anxious to follow the example of those who receive all that God has promised them because of their strong faith and patience. The Message Bible says it this way. Now I want each of you to extend that same intensity toward a full-bodied hope and keep it at all till the finish. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. Here's the Amplified. In order that you may not grow disinterested. See all these different words? Bored, losing your intensity, grow in disinterested and become spiritual sluggards. Like that one? Become spiritual sluggards, but Im- sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who through faith by their leaning of the entire personality on God in Christ in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. King James that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then the New King James, that you do not become sluggish. So what was God trying to tell me last week? You're sluggish. And, you know, I could be real spiritual, spiritualize this and say, well, that isn't for me. That's for the people. The sheep are sluggish. I've never been sluggish. I'm not that kind of preacher. If I screw up, I'm going to tell you. If you think being a preacher for 30 plus years, every day you're going to get up and sing and jump and up and down and joy, joy, joy is down in my heart and all that stuff. We're human beings. Okay? Yesterday I was outdoors working. I was out here working. And I, we had a garage sale outdoors, you know what? When you get into this heat and you're not used to the heat, does it affect you? It affects you. And and I was talking with Dennis Teeling because he's outdoors all week, and, and, yeah, it gets hot. And he said, you know, I just didn't drink enough, and I, I paid the price. Well, all day yesterday I was just thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. And I realized I hadn't drank enough water. And at the end of the day, I was just dragging my feet. That's one of the says here in one of these translations. I just didn't feel, well, then I ate supper and I felt better, but I realized my physical body wasn't prepared for that, and it had an effect, and I was sluggish. I didn't have any energy. We had to bring tables back to the church, and <coughs> I made her do it all. No, I didn't. But I didn't feel like I was myself. And I think we need to realize that you can become spiritually dehydrated. I got that today. Spiritually dehydrated. 
So you can, everyone say this. This word today is just for the preacher. Not for me. I'm going to be 60 this year. And I'll tell you what, I don't feel like I did when I was 30. Anybody here over 50 can agree with that? But on the inside, I'm 20. And she came out the other day and said, well, I kind of screwed up. I made a mistake, and thank God it didn't turn out bad. It could have been a lot worse. You could be at a funeral today. And she came out, and she got on her high horse. She just makes me so mad when she lectures me. She's not afraid to. She won't hold back. She said, I told you not to do that. Gunner, it wasn't pretty. I told you not. And I finally, we were outdoors and our voices were getting, I was getting a little heated. I said, get off your high horse. Men, do you understand? <laughs> I, was, I was a little upset. We had to go somewhere. We just, you know, and could have been worse. I've seen her worse. But I can't do what I used to do. Now, inside I can. I used to be able to jump down from a truck, pickup truck. You jump. Remember that? Now it's. The other day they said, quit slouching. I told you that. Both of them said, quit slouching. Quit slouching. I can't live with you. You got a big house. Just give me the upstairs and you can go downstairs. In the Greek, this Greek word for sluggish or slothful or lazy, which really isn't. It means slow, sluggish, and dull. Look over, keep your finger there, look over at Hebrews chapter 5, just a page, and look at verse 11. It says, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you've become what? Dull of hearing. You and I can become spiritually dull Christians. We're just not excited. We're not as interested. We're not as motivated. You don't have to say amen. We just want to get through the day. Rick Renner says, and I'm going to just listen. I'm going to read it. He says, slothful or sluggish has nothing to do with laziness. Something that is dull, it's something that is dull, monotonous, or unexciting. Now, certainly you do not want to be dull, monotonous, or unexciting, do you? Is that how you want to project yourself to people? Something that is slow and sluggish, something that has lost its speed or momentum. This something is still moving, but it isn't moving with the same velocity and aggressiveness it once had. It has lost its drive, thrust, and pace, and speed it once possessed. This word, therefore, presents the idea of someone who was once zealous about something, but whose zeal has now dissipated, replaced instead by neutrality. 
Now, how many of you, some of you don't burn candles, but you ever seen a candle that was really burning, but then it gets just down to a flicker? That's what I'm talking about. This, noth- this word nothros in the Greek doesn't present the picture of laziness. I'm not lazy. Ask my wife. Am I lazy? Uh-uh. We got a new neighbor down the street. He's my new buddy. He's retired. He re- walks around all the time, checking everybody out, talking, and he helped help me put the microwave in for Kathy. Just good people. But he's constantly doing something, constantly. He's 60, I don't know, five, six years old, just moving around all the time, and they're going to be gone for a week. So I said yesterday, because we did a garage sale and advertised it together, and he was up and reporting on that. And I says, you're leaving for a week. Can I take over the neighborhood now? And he said, yes. He's one of those guys who just goes from home to home. Doesn't stay long, but he just, you know. The word nathros doesn't present the picture of laziness. Rather, it speaks of someone who has lost his zeal or intense conviction about a matter that once was of great importance to him. This person is disinterested and and his zeal has been replaced. Now listen, with the middle of the road, take it or leave it mentality. Slothful. Now, this is what I want. Of all all the words, adjectives I've given you, this is what I want you to see. You leave with this. Slothful has nothing to do with the amount of energy you or I put out to do a job. Instead, it speaks of an inward condition. Inwardly, you're stuck in neutral. Am I the only one that's ever felt that way? Does this ring a bell with some of you today? Well, pastor, it's summertime. Yeah, I realize that it's summertime. I I enjoy summer. I love the season. I love watching her plant the garden and the flowers. I don't enjoy doing it. She does it. She's not mediocre there. It's an inward condition. So if if you're sluggish and you just don't feel too excited or motivated, it's it's an inward thing. It's on the inside of your heart. It's a heart condition. And what you and I need to do is recognize the heart condition and change that condition through repentance. Look at Revelation 3. Revelation chapter 3. You think, well, boy, pastor, sluggish. Well, the guy that wrote the Greek definition, Rick Renner, who is a Greek scholar, God spoke to him one day and said, you're sluggish. So I thought, when I read that, I thought, oh, I'm not the only one. But you and I can make some adjustments. How many of you want to be boring? Two of you. How many of you want to be boring? Anybody? How about monotonous? You ever been around people like that? You just want to run the other way? Boring or monotonous? Sluggish, dull, and uninterested. We had a good garage sale because we didn't have boring people, monotonous people, dull. or We were remarking about that. My God, it was just like there was an anointing on the neighborhood. People were nice. They were happy. We've made some good connections with people. 
Here's the church, the church of Laodicea. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse uh, 14, or let me find it. I'm going to make, what did I say, chapter 314? I'm in the wrong chapter. i got to turn a page. Wrong church. And it's called the what kind of church? The lukewarm. I can't stand lukewarm coffee. I take it out of the coffee pot. I put it in the microwave, and it's going to be hot. Caleb is a wussy. Oh, you just love everything so hot. Yeah, I do. I want hot coffee. I don't want lukewarm coffee. Anybody agree with me about that? Or, you know, I, don't, I want it to be hot. And he says this to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things says the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I'm rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see they produced an eye salve back then that was famous. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Whose words are these? Jesus, the word of God. So if, if God loves us, he's going to tell us we're sluggish. What is that? It's correction. Therefore, be zealous. Everyone say zealous. Are eager and repent. Behold, I stand at the door, knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I'll come into him, dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the church is Jesus also in Hebrews 5. You know, we see this, this word becoming dull of hearing. We don't want to become dull of hearing. Good book. It's called Intoxicated with Babylon by Steve Gallagher. He writes, of the Laodicean condition, Jesus said, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot, so become so because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Back and forth, the Laodiceans would go, first in love with Jesus, then in love with the world. This is mediocre Christianity for sure. It is neither the ice-cold existence of one who doesn't know God, nor the fervent passion of one who truly loves him. The Laodicean believers did not oppose the gospel, yet they did not fully embrace it. They were not committing outright sin, but they were not striving for holiness. They were not mockers, and yet they moderated their enthusiasm, lest it be construed as fanaticism. They did everything properly so no one could be offended. Especially the unsaved who were being groomed for membership. Ooh. In other words, we've got to be nice, because we want the people. We want their money. You've got to pay the bills. They had their successful programs, but they had no godly power. Are you saying, preacher, that I'm lukewarm? No, I'm not saying. Only you know your heart. I don't know your heart. I'll... I know my heart. Let's, let, let's look at one more scripture. We'll close. Look at 2 Timothy 1, 6. 
2 Timothy 1.6. You know, you can lose your passion for the things of God and still have a passion for things of the world. You can lose your passion for God, but yet have a passion for the things that God has gifted you with. 2 Timothy 1.6, Timothy, young Timothy the preacher, he was losing, losing his zeal. He, he ba- bottom line, he was scared. He was afraid because he was experiencing persecution. And we don't understand what persecution is. The Americans don't. But in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, he says, Therefore, Timothy, I remind you to what? Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Timothy's passion and fire was beginning to wane, and Paul commanded him to rekindle the fire in his heart. The Spirit of God is speaking to us today, commanding us through the living Word of God to rekindle the fire in our hearts. That's everyone here. You can grow old, but that doesn't mean you grow old on the inside. You and I need to take an honest assessment of our own heart today. And the, and the Holy Spirit will help you. You just ask the Holy Spirit, he'll help you. Ask yourself, what, what do I do? What can I do today to rekindle the fire? Now, what I do is I, I can go through six pages of the Word of God praying the Colossians and, and Ephesians and uh, Philippians and the prayers that we had them on paper. And a lot of times, because I don't feel very zealous, I don't feel too motivated, I don't feel too enthusiastic, I'll begin to read the Word of God, and then I'll begin to sing in tongues or I'll sing in the Spirit. And before long, I can make it to my desk. No, it's not that bad but I have to do something to stir myself up. You're either motivated through the word and you're motivated through prayer. You're motivated through the worship. You're motivated by helping somebody. Find out what trips your trigger, bottom line, and start doing it. Whatever it takes to motivate you. Let's stand up today. Let's have a proactive response to what I'm saying today. And we're going to close and we're going to do something a little different. Because I wanted to, I want you to leave today unstuck. I don't want you to be in neutral spiritually. If you're here today and you, and don't, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. You don't need to because everyone, this applies to everyone here. It does. And I'll tell you this, you young people, you can be full of, oh, full of energy. And, but one day, Gunner, look at Gunner. You know, look at Micah. They go to the gym. They work out. Look at Brian. 
Brian works out up the taxidermy shop. About like me, lifting tools. It's enough. And we, we think, oh, yeah, we're going to be that way. Uh-uh, Gunner. No. Uh-uh. One day, look at Nutter. He is still just like you, Gunner. I've seen pictures when he was young. In fact, he was a lot bigger. I'm being silly, but are you getting the picture? So what do we want to do? Let's take an assessment spiritually. Let's pray. I'll lead you in a prayer, okay? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to come down because I can't cast out slothfulness from you. Amen. Say, Father, I heard the living word today. And it's for the preacher. And it's for me too. Father, I repent of being uninterested, mediocre, not so intense, not excited about spiritual things. I ask for your forgiveness. I confess that sin. And I believe you'll cleanse me from that sin in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, help me. Rekindle the fire. Stir up the embers in my heart again. So I can be on fire for you. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm a doer and not a hearer only. I'm not going to be dull the rest of my life. I'm going to be excited about the things of God. In Jesus' name, amen.